Okay, it's Friday, and we have a live stream tonight. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing a Distazapod Q&A, but I thought there were some really good questions that were posted here on Patreon. So without any sort of introduction or anything like that, I'm going to go through these questions. Um, I may actually end up answering some of these questions during the live stream tonight, but I thought that um, in the event that I kind of miss some or gloss over some, there were a, a few that really deserve a big, long explanation. And so I wanted to make sure that there was this sort of audio backup of it ahead of time for you guys. Um, so thank you for your questions. Let's go right to Jerry Bow. He asks, what figure is the battle damage helmet of Redether from? Jerry, it is from a figure you haven't met yet, but you may get to meet sometime soon, maybe during the season for love. Lori Herps, has Raddick ever had to investigate an alternate reality game? And if so, uh, has he ever found one where people were in real harm? Um, you know, you're being very earthist by using terms like augmented reality and games. Uh, you know, not everybody is from this plane of existence, and using language like that, um, it minimizes the voices of those who might be, say, born in a video game or born on the internet. And we need to be very, very careful and choosy about the words that we identify people with because it is assuming, um, you know, a lot of uh, ill intent. The, that being said, um, I can't answer this question because reality is a perception. And... Uh, Raddick's perception of reality and of games is much different from you or I's perception. So it's sort of a faulty premise. I'm going to send you back to the drawing board. Gabe has a question I have to tread lightly on here. Uh, was the last stand Desert Rat from, San from uh, Sub City Supply Drop the end of the story for that figure, or will we be seeing him again in the future? That was a spectacular introduction of the Corager, and we'll be I would be completely saddened to not see further use of that mold. Matthew Paquette says, I would also like to know if we would ever see the subsidy supply drop blue-haired desert rat in the black uniform. Um, okay, so there is a finite end to the Corager. Um, trying to think very carefully how to formulate this. There is a, a dramatic finite end to the Corager. There is uh, a, a chapter of story left to reveal. And that will happen in December. That will be tied to December 25th when we sort of collectively open our final action figure of the month figure. Um, I don't want to say more than that. So check in with me on December 25th. John Walsh has a really good question, and actually this is the question why I decided to actually record today and have a sort of, uh, you know, have my thoughts laid out a little more concisely than I can do during a live stream when things are a little frantic and the energy is high. Uh, John says, I am now in my second quarantine due to COVID contact, not infection, since going back to work. While I'm still working, uh, it's pretty frustrating. Uh, I made it through the lockdown pretty well. But that also allowed for outdoor exercising and everyone was home, not just me. What are some recommendations you have for keeping sane while being trapped in the house? Also, 
if you are mandated to stay in home while others could still get out, what would you miss doing in your new COVID routine the most? So far for me, it's not being able to go to Target to see if they got the Target exclusive Spin Masters man bat that will likely not show up at my stores. Um, then after under that, Adam Kenyon chimes in that he's got two man bats and he's going to hook him up. And I really love to see that kind of squirely behavior. So I, I think that I may have found some best practices for quarantining that might be helpful to you guys. And so I, I you know, I felt compelled to sort of record this and share this. And, and I feel for you, John, I think, um, you know, you're asking yourself the question that a lot of people are asking. Um, I would say that, you know, I'm uh, fortunate because my life was already sort of in a quarantine prior to this happening. And to, to step back quite a bit, I lived on a block in New York City. And to the east of my apartment building was where that crane fell and killed somebody. Uh, I was... We had just left for the airport when that happened, so we missed it by an hour or so. Uh, directly to the south is Ground Zero, where, you know, some planes crashed into a building. And then directly to the west of my apartment building was uh, that terrorist attack, you may remember, when the rented van went up on the pedestrian path and started mowing down people. So where I lived for quite some time was in this triangle of these really, really horrific things happening. And uh, with the case of the crane and that uh, van-based terrorist attack happened within a few years of each other. So I was starting to uh, feel like I needed to get out of uh, society or living with the same density that one would live in in uh, New York City, and particularly Manhattan, which is pretty population dense. And so I uh, retreated to the countryside, to the side of a mountain, to a very remote and rural place. And by virtue of doing that and, and getting situated in that manner, I already started to uh, sort of minimize my contact with other people. Now that's can be a bad thing, can be a good thing. But going from living in a place like New York City for more than a decade to you know a much lower lower population density, it requires uh, you know a reconfiguring of your daily life, much in the same manner everybody's had to sort of adapt this past year. So I think in some respects I had a leg up because one, my business is already managed from home. I am fortunate enough to be able to warehouse and fulfill everything on site. I don't have to go to a separate place. Uh, we do have, uh, luckily, regular, semi-regular mail pickup and mail deliveries. Not everybody in super rural areas can say the same thing. You know, FedEx and UPS don't go to every address. So I was, you know, fortunate and particularly well situated to sort of uh, weather the storm as it was. It, it was not a dramatic change in my day-to-day -day life uh, to be under quarantine, which we, I mean, in a lot of respects, we still are under quarantine in this household since February. Now, 
we do go out, we don't go out that often. And when we do go out, we're masks and gloves. We haven't done anything like sit at a restaurant or, you know, any of the uh, other stuff that seems to be leading us back into this uh, third explosion. So in this sort of life that I've carved out for myself, what are the the sort of best practices that I think I could share with you guys that will help a lot? Um, I believe the biggest thing you can do is you, you, you do have to sort of approach this as um, this is like planning for a war in some respects. And the war is against uh, your own brain in a lot of respects. It, it's against lethargy and, you know, uh, weight gain and, and, and letting yourself slide into a vegetable torpor. So the number one thing you can do is to be very regimented. I, I don't believe human beings and our brains are naturally prone to discipline and things like that. So you have to do a lot of work. You have to think of the brain as a puppy that you have to train. And to be regimented, that means making lists every morning and crossing off things every night. That means scheduling almost every single hour of the day. Now, we're in a time where everybody has a smartphone or a laptop. It's very easy to use Google Calendar or Apple Calendar, whatever it's called, iCalendar. Um, plan out your entire day. Now, that doesn't mean you adhere to this schedule, but this does mean that you get prompts and reminders of what you're supposed to be doing when. I will give you an example. Uh, I blocked off an hour this morning to record this podcast and to do store maintenance. After that, I have an hour of workshop time. After that, I have an hour of what I call cave time, where I just sit with a pen and paper, no devices, and I write down whatever comes to mind, draw some drawings, do character designs, whatever it may be. Uh, then a little later on, I'll have an hour for video games. I'll have an hour for live streaming karaoke. In the case of tonight, we have, you know, Nikki and I are doing our live stream at 8 p.m. Uh, be regimented. Carve out exactly what you want to do in the day. If you want to spend an hour digging for monsters in my pocket down in your big keshi bin, put that on the schedule. Don't allow your mind to sort of float without direction or a list. Um, it may seem silly and inconsequential, but at the end of the day, when you take a red pen and you're able to cross out things you wrote in black ink to do that day, however mundane, go buy almond milk, whatever. That action of checking something off the list is, whether or not you know it, it is triggering a sort of reward sensation in your reptile brain. And it's important to have these things happen. The other thing that's very important is physical exertion. Um, I would say the easiest thing to do is just to get an exercise bike. These are extremely easy to do. You can even get attachments that convert a regular bike into an exercise bike. Um, but you can even go to a Walmart or a Target in their fitness aisle and buy, it, it, probably for under 100 bucks, a reasonably well-working exercise bike. If you got a little more cash to throw around, a treadmill is really great as well. 
you have to engage in physical exercise every single day. You've got to get about 45 minutes uh, if you can. Um, I've replaced the exercise bike with karaoke. <laughs> I do an hour every day. And, um, you know, it gets pretty intense. If you guys have seen me shaking my thing out there, I keep my hips loose. And uh, it scratches that itch. You absolutely have to do that or you have to do the 10,000 step thing you know get a Fitbit and make sure you're walking constantly all day long I think um, another quick one is having a standing desk option I work in the kitchen a lot I have this little bamboo hand stand thing what is this called let me see if I can find a name I don't know the name but it's a uh, it's a little riser that I can put my computer on it's made for that and um you know, being sedentary is going to be very, very detrimental to being sort of quarantined in your own house. The other thing that I think is extremely, tremendously important, and I would say also is important beyond just quarantine living and things like that, it is device time and screen time. You have to limit these. Uh, what I suggest and what I practice is I throw my laptop and my phone in the closet around 8 p.m. And I don't go back to them until I've gotten up in the morning, I've had a hot beverage, I've fed the dogs, and I'm ready to engage with the sort of digital world. You have to have that off time. Um, I myself like the majority of human beings have not been very conscientious of this and it does take a toll on your brain your brain sort of can't heal when it's looking at an illuminated screen just think of you know evolutionarily modern day humans we're seeing so many more words than somebody in the 19th century would have seen you know their entire lives they would maybe come across a, a couple books. We are every single day consuming that amount in just our news feeds. And it does take a toll on our brains because evolution is not quite caught up to this digital age. Think also about having this bright device inches away from your very sensitive ocular organs. Probably not great for long-term things, right? So having a power down time is super important and that may give you anxiety about people not being able to reach you in an emergency or X, Y, and Z. I got to tell you, I've been doing it for a while. There ain't nothing that important. People will find you if there's something truly crucial. So, you know, I, I think that you really have to have a sort of decompression chamber on a, either side of your waking time. You gotta turn the devices off. You gotta, you know, close the laptop. Um, it will make you more sane and more able to deal with everything. I would also say, final note, uh, something that helped me in the early days of the quarantine was writing every single day what was going on uh, and keeping track of the amount of time that you're in. Now, I, I've stopped doing that recently because I've just kind of, you know, I felt okay with uh, where the where my world is, and I didn't 
need as a release to kind of write down every single detail of minutia, but it is helpful. And uh, if you're counting down the clock, uh, I think it could be a very good uh, practice for you to do. I do think um, there is positive news regarding vaccines, but that's under the assumption that people actually take the vaccine, which could be a question mark. Um, I do think we're going to be headed for more quarantines. I do think even with a vaccine that has 90% efficacy, which is very promising, uh, I think that we would be smart to adapt um, exactly what the Pacific Rim countries have always done, which is, uh, you know, intermittent mask use, especially if you're not feeling well. There's, you know, photos of me, the first trip that I took with Patreon money to Hong Kong, and uh, I'm wearing a mask because I picked one up because that's what people do over there. It's not a political or controversial thing. Uh, It is part of their culture, and they're very much used to it. And I think that even with a country that is partially vaccinated, we need to be in the habit of utilizing masks, uh, utilizing hand sanitizer, and just generally being a little more conscientious about communicable diseases and population density, which, you know, America is very, very dense around our city areas, and we have a lot of people living on top of each other. So I think that this is, uh, you know, it's going to become part of the new way of life. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. And, uh, you know, you can just say, hey, it's cool. The Japanese already do it. So hopefully you find that information useful. I do think it comes down to being regimented, making lists, plotting your day out, minimizing your device time, keeping a log, keeping a sketchbook. Uh, I think if you do all those things, you might actually discover you kind of like being isolated and you kind of like being with yourself. Um, To answer your second question, which is what do I miss doing with my COVID routine. I mean, it's, it's travel. Um, I also, I miss my family quite a bit. Um, we're going to attempt some kind of safe Thanksgiving. I don't know how successful it's going to be, but I'm going to be fucking wearing a mask the whole time for sure. Um, I, I think the single thing I miss the most is, is going to Asia. Uh, I miss Hong Kong very much. I even miss going to China and seeing the factories, even though that's you know, not the most glamorous part of the trip. Of course, I miss Japan and seeing all my friends over there. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that's the thing. That's the one thing that uh, I really can't do and I can't simulate for myself. You sort of, you just got to be there. And you just got to do it. So that's certainly what I'm looking forward to doing when things, when and if things calm back down. Kyle Thornton says, uh, I came across an old Austin Powers McFarlane figure with glorious real fur attached to the chest. It got me inspired to try my hand at flocking. Questions, have you ever created a flocked Knights of the Slice figure for public sale or as a one-off? Do I have any industrial experience and insights into the process of flocking you can share? Um, So you're actually talking about two different things. So flocking is a sort of process by which little particles that resemble hair are adhered or glued to a figure. This is like Mossman is the best example. Um, 
the hair on the chest of Austin Powers is not actually that. It is um, essentially a strip of synthetic fur. Uh, if you've ever pulled the hair out of a troll doll, you see there's kind of like this mesh at the bottom of it, and they kind of uh, bunch it up and glue it into the head of a uh, troll doll. So, you know, the flocking process really involves particles, and the more traditional rooted hair um, is sort of... Uh, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. It's almost like a like astroturf you unroll you know it is based on a, a sort of mesh plane that you kind of glue in place and that's the process that they used for uh that austin powers figures it, it has been something i've looked into um but not to any great success uh it also seems according to my sources that the kind of materials district of uh, Shenzhen has been hard hit by COVID. There's a lot of vendors that are closed, possibly permanently, and uh, actually sourcing the, you know, the leather jacket that's going to be in the store today and some of the other new cloth good items has been particularly tough lately. So um, it is something I've looked at. I haven't really found a, a sort of character that I thought it was entirely appropriate for, but uh, I do theoretically have the facilities to do something like that. So um, we'll see if I ever get to it. Gabe Tovar, would Device Ninja stand toe-to-toe -to -toe against a hacker man, or is he just going to get obliterated? Um, you know, it's, it's the age-old question of sort of speed and agility versus strength and, uh, you know, a sort of tank class. Um, you know, I, I would say a device ninja probably has a better shot than a human being. But as we've established, hackermen sort of have the ability to interfere with mechanical items and uh, simulated items. So, you know, that's a tough one. I, I, I do think device ninja would probably give him a run for his money. But uh, we do not yet know the entire scope and power of a hackerman. Matthew Paquette, speaking about the story that just debuted, pitting Burton Bollinger versus Cross Goals. So Cross Goals is dead, right? I'm not confident that he could survive a boot stomp to his exposed brain. Additionally, if Bollinger Burton did, in fact, kill Cross Goals, how's Brick going to feel about this? This would be the second person who adopted the Teal moniker that has resorted to this level of violence. Just a thought. That's an interesting thought. It was actually Lime who sort of objected to Teal, the original Teal, killing Skull Grimson. Although I can imagine Brick is probably not thrilled either. As it says in the beginning of the short story, this was Bollinger slash Teal's day off. So I don't know that this is sort of sanctioned Fred Foods oppo. We'll see. Regarding whether or not Cross Skulls is dead or alive, I mean, I'm going off of the same information you are. I, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I've only seen these snippets of the battle, and I guess the, the finality of that remains to be seen. Moving along to Matthew Connolly, Hackerman, can he hack a device ninja? This sounds like Gabe Tovar's question. Uh, yeah, I believe he would be able to. Cliff Uchida, 
What are your, my thoughts on DesignerCon and other conventions going completely digital this year? Do I think more conventions will be going this route in the future? Yeah, I don't think there's any choice. Um, uh, I'm, you know, we're not participating in DesignerCon online. I don't see any benefit to that. Um, you know, we can just do a sale and we will capture, uh, you know, exactly the audience we need to. Um, I, I'm... I'm sort of skeptical of how much organic discovery happens at DesignerCon. I don't know how many new people we get a year from setting up there. And I'm even more skeptical about the ability of DesignerCon online to get us any new customers. Um, I, I, you know, we're just kind of, we're such a niche product and we have our own con. You know, we're able to put on Toy Pizza Con ourselves. So with any any of these things you have to ask yourself what's the benefit and hopefully the benefit is bigger than the cost of time and energy and it doesn't appear that way for DesignerCon this year also the shopping app seems to be very problematic and um you know i'm not sure why they're pushing that so much but uh i have yet to have a single person tell me that they've had a good experience with that so, uh, you know, it just didn't make sense for us. Uh, I do think more conventions are going to have to go this route. Um, you know, I think I think there's a patron actually who does this for companies. Uh, takes their sort of conventions and makes them digital. Um, yeah, this is, you know, this is just the... This is going to become a standard thing that companies have to figure out for themselves. Final question from Adam Kenyon. Knowing his penchant for frog-like creatures, would Baby Yoda enjoy a tasty hob, or is he too gamey? Well, hob is, uh, you know, significantly bigger than Baby Yoda, so that would be difficult to uh, do. Also, hob is able to generate a poison cloud, as illustrated in the Jagged Age animatic little video. So, um, I, I think the attempts to consume him would be put to a halt pretty quickly. So there you go, guys. Just a quick little Dostazapod. I'm not going to put this one up. Uh, this is just for my patrons. And uh, there's a very good chance I will answer some of these questions on the live stream tonight. Uh, store is going to open around 8.30. We're going to be streaming from 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Nights of the Slice. Up for sale is Bollinger Burton in this really awesome desert chocolate chip camo really really love this uh this design it's a lot of fun also finally putting up the leather jackets if you're a patron who hasn't gotten your leather jacket i'm likely shipping your november gift with that so uh stand by i have a bunch of them that are still going to go out and uh we also have cross goals 2 cross goals 2020 which features a material plus approach it has a hackerman red uh, base body, and then a bunch of extra bonus points, uh, uh, bonus pieces, I should say. And by the way, some of the colors on the bonus pieces may vary, so keep that in mind. Um, that's it. I'm looking forward to having a great weekend. I hope you do too, and we will see you on the live stream. Pizza out.